0: Well, hello and greetings. This is Trudy with Adventure After the Podcast coming to you today. So I decided today would be the start of my second season when it comes to the podcast. Um, As I last left off, I was in the process of writing my memoir and I am happy today to report that November 1st, 2021 is when officially my book is available for sale everywhere. Um, I finished writing the book back in about June or so, and then it went through the editing process and so forth. And then eventually, once it was finished, going through the ed- professional editor and then the design of the book, which finished in August, which was really super important to me. Um it's been waiting for today, for today to happen. And I chose November 1st because it happens to be All Saints Day. And since the book was written in as like a love letter to my entire family, um and they are all saints and they've all passed away and also Besides All Saints Day, it's also the Day of the Dead. And then also October 31st is Reformation Day, which is a big thing for the religion that I was brought up in, which is the Lutheran. Um, And so it all seemed really fitting to have it be on November 1st when I released my book. So it is now available on any outlet at Adventure After, A Journey in Search of Me. Super proud of the fact that the book is like in solid form. And it is available for everybody and anyone to read, um, to purchase it so that they can read it. So it's available Kindle, Nook, um, so e- e-reading. Or you can actually get a hard copy. You can get it through, like, Amazon, Target, or Barnes & Noble, or any other retailer that sells books. And you can also get it off of my own personal webpage, adventureafter.com slash book. So... Anyways, I wanted to come back and kind of like let you know what's going on for me starting season two. I didn't want to just start a new season without a purpose and a point and so forth. And so what I've been up to is been interviewing some people to be able to share the adventure after and go with a theme in regards to what's going on, what I stand for, everything that I want to be able to put out into the world to be able to help people who are in places of hardship. And so I have been interviewing people in regards to like different things that they've gone through, whether it's the loss of a job, whether it's a loss of family, whether it's a loss to death, whether it's a loss when it comes to like actual things that are here on earth so maybe they haven't lost um people to death but they've lost things in other ways that has really made them go through their own personal grief journey and so i don't necessarily focus on the part in regards to in regards to the, like the loss aspect while it is important for me it's all about the journey that you go on after So every one of us has something that happens to us in life at some point in time where we are on a course, we're going a certain way, and things completely shift off course of what we think life is going to go. And it is in that journey of like rediscovering who we are and who we are since whatever shift has happened for us. And I really want to talk about those parts because that's the part that I really have spent my whole life being focused on is I couldn't control my family dying um, and I couldn't control any part of that but what I could control was how I showed up to it every single day and a lot of that gets discussed in my memoir so please check it out I would love for you to purchase and leave me a review If you like it, if you don't like it, um, privately let me know. Um, But I hope that you can somehow in some way see yourself through my story. Maybe not everything is exactly the same, but I do believe that we are so interconnected with one another and that my story, while it's mine... I think there's similarities that everybody else can pick up in their own lives. And I hear it when people share their stories with me about what's going on in their life. And I see the similarities of their lives in my own life. And so it's just how it keeps us connected and how we can like listen and love and support on one another. And so that's what I'm up to. So I hope you look forward to the interviews that I have with people coming up in the next several weeks um, in regards to just like their journey that they go on themselves and if you would like to be a guest I would love to speak to you. You can reach out to me at adventureafter at gmail.com and that would be amazing to be able to hear from you and to be able to really be able to get you on the podcast and to be able to have a discussion with you and talk about your journey that you've been through and how you've gone on that when faced with hardship, how you've gone through that. So I also wanted to share a little bit of my book since today is the day. It's officially available for the world. Um, I haven't had a chance to get it on audio, but that is something that I do hope to accomplish is to have the book be on audio version because For me to sit down and actually read a book, it doesn't always happen, but I love audiobooks, so I know I eventually want to do that. So I wanted to take today and really read chapter three, which is still at the beginning of the story. And so if you don't know me, if you haven't been following close to my journey, that's totally amazing, but I just want to catch you up super quick. So basically, at the beginning of the book... Um, I share about how my brother passes away in a tragic accident and so I will leave chapter one and chapter two to when you read it. Um, it just gives a lot more detail and just getting the start story started but chapter three is the one that I want to start reading to you today and that just kind of goes into a little bit more about Pretty much where I consider everything started for me, and where life started to change. So, here's a little. Here's a chapter. Chapter three from my book, Adventure After a Journey in Search of Me. To this day, my eleventh birthday is one that haunts me. I will never forget it. I already confessed to you that I don't really remember many of the details of my childhood. Therefore, when I say that it is one that I will never forget. What I'm talking about is the sinking feeling is not being about me. My birthday was supposed to be a celebration of the day that I was brought into this world, but now it was about my brother, my dead brother it was it was it now was a day of pain and sadness. The day that my brother's wake was on my birthday. I laid my eyes on my brother' brother's lifeless body for the first time, but also witnessed my mom touch his dead body. This freaked me out to my core. Her wails of devastation haunted me. She even bent down to kiss his face. She was examining the side of his head that was not easily seen by people. With my lack of knowledge of how bodies are viewed in a casket, he was facing the opposite way. Due to the injury sustained in the fall, a special casket was used for the body to have his left cheek facing out towards the public. My mom remarked how they had done a good job of staging his body and that he looked good. What I saw was that they used a lot of makeup to help his body look clo- his body closely resemble what he looked like in life, commenting about how a deceased body looks is something I will never understand. I'm not wa- I'm not sure if it stems from my trauma of seeing Todd this way, but to this day I never understood why people talk about how a dead body looks good. They look dead to me. There's nothing good about that. My father, who who up until this point in my life I'd only witnessed being an extraordinary strong man, was also crying alongside my mom. This was a lot for me to take in. First was the... First was that it was the first dead body I was seeing up close and personal. Second, it was my brother. Third, the reaction of both my parents. I had never seen my parents in this light before. Watching my mom crying, observing my dad trying to hold back the tears, but let out a sound I had never heard come from him before. Lastly, it was my birthday and here I was looking at my brothers at my brother lying in a casket. Too many emotions that I did not know how to process. My age and life experience up until this point had not permitted me to understand the gravity of what I was witnessing. My parents had always been the ones to comfort me, but now I was seeing them in their utter anguish. I wanted to run, but I was too young and I had nowhere to go. It was devastating to say the least. After viewing the body without any other people besides close family, others started to arrive. I was told that I didn't have to stay with my parents, who decided to stand by the casket to greet everyone who came to wish their condolences. People were arriving so quickly that a line started to form that went out past the door into the room and down the hall. I went to find my cousins and any other children who were my age. My oldest cousin on my dad's side was smoking in the room off to the side of the viewing room. This was back in the day where it was normal to smoke inside buildings. He was showing all of us younger cousins how we could take and make circles of smoke when he exhaled. I found it gross and fascinating that he was doing this, but what was my other option? Go stand by the casket? As I was surrounded by my cousins, I told them jokingly that it was nice of them, it was so nice of everyone to come to celebrate my birthday with me. No one said a word. Part of me wonders if this moment is the reason that, when I was greeted with silence, I tend to think the absolute worst. When my two younger cousins arrived to pay their respect, I watched them put a single red rose in my brother's casket. Why this sticks out in my mind is beyond me, but it does. I do attribute the fact that it has taken me years to appreciate receiving flowers, especially red roses, to this memory. Anytime I smell lilies, I'm reminded of a funeral home. On one of my birthdays, as an adult, I received both a bouquet of long stem red roses and another bouquet of mixed flowers. When I walked into the room, I was transported back in time to my 11th birthday with the way the smell in that funeral home. I ended up needing to give the flowers away as it was too triggering for me to handle being my birthday. The viewing for my brother was two days long, two days that blended together in my mind. There were so many people there for both days. My mom and my dad created a scholarship fund in memory of my brother and asked people to donate in lieu of flowers. The entire time we were at the funeral home, there was a heaviness that lingered people talked quietly and whispering was common the only times there was happiness and laughter were when i was playing with my cousins to avoid the heaviness around me we were scolded for having a good time which was truly not helpful could they not see that these were adult feelings too heavy for us kids to have to deal with the third day was the funeral if i thought there had been a lot of people at the wake the church had even more people It was packed with people on that hot summer day to support our family and to say their final goodbyes. The funeral was held on 8-8-88. And at the beginning of the year, my mom had wondered what we would be doing that day. She never dreamt that she would be burying her own son. A few of the songs that were played for the service were Children of the Heavenly Father and I Know That My Redeemer Lives. The other songs that stand out in his eighth grade graduation class which was lift high the cross my mom never sang these three songs again mimicking her reaction it took me a long time to sing them myself during the sermon there was a passage from isaiah 40 30 through 31 which reads even youth grow tired and weary and the young men stumble and fall but those who put who hope in the lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. As the service ended, the attendants from the funeral home closed the casket. I witnessed my mom break down, her body convulsing. My dad tried to support her, but he himself was struggling to remain calm. It was a lot to take in. Seeing my protectors as devastated as they were while they were, while feeling whatever it was that. I was feeling, my body tightened in this uncomfortable setting. Talk about having no capacity to know what to do for them or myself. I took it all in and internalized it like an only 11-year-old could. We followed the casket down the aisle and watched it be lifted into the hearse. We We were then escorted to sit inside the car, which seemed like a limo to me directly behind the hearse. We watched every single person who was in the funeral home or funeral walk out of the church and then to their car. This is what went on for the longest time. While I had never met this girl before, but later we became connected. While we we waited, a little girl handed me a teddy bear through the window. I never met her before, but later we would be connected. She, too, had lost her brother at a young age. I hugged the teddy bear tight as it could, as if it was something soft to hold on to. It was nice to have something small to give me comfort during such an incredibly uncomfortable moment. What I didn't know at the time was this was the very reason she had given it to me. She wanted me to have something soft to give me a little bit of comfort. To this day, I have that stuffed animal, and it has given me comfort many times. There was a procession from the church to the cemetery where the committal would be taking place. Once we left the church parking lot, we had a police escort leading us, the, leading the way to follow by the hearse and then our car. As we went through the very slight, police cars were there to stop traffic as a massive procession of cars made their way. I had never been in a procession before, but it seemed long, larger than what I imagined it would have been. It seemed like an hour before we arrived at the cemetery since the cars drove slowly there. Once we arrived at the correct spot in the cemetery, we waited for all of the pallbearers to carry the coffin. The pallbearers placed my brother's coffin on a platform above a dug-out ground. There were four green chairs placed directly in front of the coffin. There was a topper of the la- this was the topper of the last several days. Seeing his body was awful, but now witnessing it above ground before it would be lowered and placed there forever. My mom didn't want me to sit on one of the chairs, and she thought my grandma, grandmother should sit there. I had no idea where they wanted me to go. I stood near them while they sat. The committal was done as another little mini ceremony as the funeral was concluded, These last five days felt like eternity. However, this was just the beginning. And that is my chapter three of my book. And so that really just kind of starts the whole process in regards to um, the funeral and what it was like for me. And what was interesting is just remembering and recanting and trying to tell that story took a lot out of me because while it was like the details of his funeral at the same time it literally was the beginning it was the beginning of how everything changed how I had known everything before and then how I would know everything after and as I continue to go on the journey I will share a little bit different parts of the book um, so you can like learn and read about it Um, or not read about it, but hear about it. Um, and so that is chapter three. And so definitely my brother's funeral was the biggest first transformation in my life. Um, and so forth. And so I hope that you enjoyed that and I look forward to sharing more and continuing to bring more into this podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you are having a fabulous day and I look forward to connecting and talking to you more in the near future. Thanks so much and make today a great day.